Welcome. To Arcade Audio. It's hard to find a movie that way. Lucky for you, we found a few. It's Queer Movie Night. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Queer Movie Night. I'm old Deb. <laughs> and I'm old Peyton. <laughs> and and uh, we're very happy to bring you our, our very lovely and young uh, yes. <laughs> guest, our good, good <laughs> friend, Anna. Welcome to the podcast. Hi guys! Thank Bye. you so much for having me. Of course, thank you for coming. Um, this is long- the first time I've ever been on a podcast, so I'm oh my excited We're and a so little honored. nervous. Just want to say that at the top. Oh my gosh! Well, this is a huge day. This yeah. is a huge day <laughs> because Anna, I feel like you've been listening. Okay, Anna and I are friends. Been friends for many years, mm-hmm. which is quite a while to say, but it is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you've been listening to the podcast. You're one of our one of um in my mind, the same like eight to ten people have been listening to this for four <laughs> to five years, and I forget that other people do listen to it. But when I'm like sometimes I'll say something or or on like another episode and I'll think like, oh, I wonder if Anna caught that. Or like I wonder if Anna- <laughs> <laughs> I should text you more and be like, Oh, I liked this part of the podcast. You have texted me before. Oh, that's true. I yeah. I'm a huge I'm a you make me feel fan, validated. I'm guest. Yes, long time, long time listener, first time caller. Exactly. I mean, like we have a lot of guests on the show, and I think sometimes they they're listeners because they're friends. But a lot of the time, I'm like, I know you've never listened to an episode of this, and that's fine. But I think it's like extra special when it's someone who like actually does has been listening to our podcast. You are like close friends, and I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm a huge fan. I listen to this while I do the dishes, while I take a shower, while I go on my walks. You know, <laughs> I have been listening from the beginning. Deb was like, I've got a podcast. It's about queer movies. Great. Three things I love. Queer people, movies, Deb, and Peyton now. <laughs> so, all, all things I appreciate I love. it. Oh, I can't believe this is your first time. You're already crushing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing a great job. And then every five minutes, I'll... I'll <laughs> give, give you a new yeah. you're, you're still doing well <laughs> you're doing fine but not quite as good as yeah your last not, point was not anxiety inducing at all no. yeah yeah i don't like what you said back there that that, that joke wasn't up to par for me no, no. Would never say that a little report card at the end yeah i'll give you a little report card um, um i'm so excited to talk about I'm, this film i'm very excited to talk about this movie because i have I have some thoughts on it. Oh, I do. Um, <laughs> and I bet Anna has some thoughts. I got some thoughts. <laughs> um, the movie that we're discussing today is uh, The Kids Are All Right from 2010. And um, before we get specifically into that movie, Anna, um, could you tell us what your experience is with queer films in general and sort of uh, your relationship with them? Like how... They came into your mm-hmm. 
being noticing and sorry. I- <laughs> yes. No. I mean, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I should sure. have been prepared for this question as a fan. I know you guys asked <laughs> this and I, I totally <laughs> forgot. Um, okay. My relationship. I feel like my relationship with queer movies definitely goes back to um, the days of the Netflix red envelope in the mail. Absolutely. Oh, I, Do we all know, know we it? We had our family Netflix account, but I was mm-hmm. really the only one using, using it. <laughs> that is when I got, um, started secretly watching the L word, like, yep. you know, a lot of young queer women. Um, and then, and you Netflix had to get each, suggest- each DVD for each season, like each one, DVD, like one, one to four yes. episodes, four to yes. eight episodes. And you had to absolutely. wait multiple days for the new, the new disc to come. That's in how the I mail. watched absolutely fabulous. I had to rent <laughs> the Netflix that's how, DVDs. That's how we watched big love. <laughs> yeah, <but that> just, <laughs> I have like so many seasons and you're like, it's fine. I'll watch four episodes of a time. Over yeah. <laughs> the <course> of <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Good. Oh no, I was just gonna say, and then I do think like it's not the same as it in, is now where Netflix is like suggested for you, but I do mm-hmm. think there were like categories and then like LGBT movies started popping up as a category. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And I do remember like at Blockbuster as a kid walking by, we had an LGBT section in our Blockbuster, and wow. it was like really the only thing I remember was in but I'm a cheerleader. Florida? Yeah, South Florida. Wow. Like I feel like, yeah, not I don't a lot think of my blockbuster had Fort one, Lauderdale's but that's amazing. A very blue little bubble. Yeah, in yeah. Okay. Um, haven't haven't lived there in a long time, so can't really <laughs> tell you the what the temperature is right now. But uh, <laughs> at the time, we did we did have a, a queer section of blockbuster, and I do remember. But I'm a cheerleader. Never being able to watch it, obviously, but like <laughs> looking at it and being like, "Hmm, this seems interesting." Um, <laughs> And probably other stuff. But, oh, the movie. Okay. Also, guys, slow me down if I'm just, like, going on a... No. On a go rain. for it. Go and for it. Then, I know what you're going to say, too. Um, yes. Right. So, one of the other... The first, like, queer movie I saw, like, on purpose was Puccini for Beginners, which was the movie I wanted to talk about on this podcast. But then it's, like, impossible to find anywhere. You can only get it as a DVD on Amazon. It's, like... French Kiss situation. If you guys have tried to get the movie French yeah, Kiss, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with Meg Ryan, wonderful movie. Can't find yeah, it. Kevin Klein. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Um, so that, that well, maybe we'll have to have a find the DVD and have a movie night, and then seriously, can, the, and then yeah. we can cover it. And the irony we were just talking about this was the one of our last episodes, the uh, incredibly true story of two. You know, I oh yeah, it's the same that. director, right? Same As director. Puccini. Yeah, and it's like that was pretty easy to find so i don't know why this one seemingly doesn't exist except for on hard copy yeah but also i would have bought that for you if you were like i want to watch that i want to choose this you know what i almost was like i'll just get dvds but then i was like oh there's three of us i don't i don't want to be like right does Peyton have a DVD player? Do we, like, you know, like it seemed yeah. like it was too long of a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do another movie. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. If yeah. it ever becomes available and starts streaming again, then you, you can come back on and we can do that one. Okay. Again, like, a, we can do another episode. I'm dead serious. I'd love to come back. I'm already having a great time. <laughs> oh, thank <That's> God. <laughs> and I hope the, the current fans know, like, if you play your cards right, you could be a guest. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, 
I've moved up from fan to guest. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, seriously, reach out. You never know. Um, and I think the director of this movie uh, also directed some episodes of The L Word. You just mentioned The L Word, too. The L Word, High Art, which is another like lesbian film that we've never actually done. And what's the other one? Oh, she did Unbelievable, which was unbelievable really with Tony Collette and mm-hmm. um oh my god. Uh oh my god. Merritt Weaver. Mer- yes, God, Merritt Weaver. That's right. Um yeah, L- Lisa, how do you say her last night her last name? I Cholo Denko? I'm not sure. I don't but... want to mispronounce that because, like, she and also the movie Laurel Canyon with Francis McDormand, which I watched a couple years ago by myself, and I was like, "Well, this is a fever dream." Um, yeah, but Lisa, Lisa is queer herself, mm-hmm. also. So already love that the movie is made mm-hmm. by a queer woman, right? Um. So what's the breakdown? Because also, Anna, in the last episode, we just completely forgot to do a breakdown of the movie. Oh, it just well, jumped right in. <laughs> Luckily, it's a well-known enough movie that I think it's okay. But we should do the breakdown for this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, love well, the breakdown. I, right before the breakdown, Anna, <laughs> Big fan uh, of the breakdown. if you could tell us, uh, what's your relationship with this movie? Did you mm. see it when it first came out? Or what is it more recent? Um, and why did you want to talk about it today? Yeah. Well, I feel like I did see it maybe not like in theaters when it came out, but probably similar like Netflix DVD situation in college. Um, I was in college when this movie came out. Um, And I think I remember really liking it at the time. Um, And it was like, Oh, I haven't seen it in many years. This will be a fun movie to like rewatch and Mm -hmm. see kind of, um, you know, with adults, more adult eyes, what I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I picked it because um, it's kind of the only like representation of queer parenthood that I could think of mm-hmm. in a movie. And I really love that, especially like um, I'm 31 years old. I'm engaged. We're talking about having kids in the next five years, you know, mm-hmm. and thinking a lot about being queer parents and, you know, a sperm donor and all of the, these things. And um, yeah, I like this was the only movie I could think of where there's like representation that's, of. That's so parenthood. true. I didn't even think about that, but that is so true. I yeah, can't like I made think the, of on off the top of my head. Not films. I made the point we were together last night and I was like, not a movie, but the Fosters, anyone? <laughs> to which Kayla did like a woo and everybody else in the circle was like, no, we don't give a fuck about that stupid <laughs> yeah, show. I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I didn't well, know it was gay parents on it's there. It's not amazing. It was free form, but yeah. it is, it's, it is, it's gay. It's a queer family. It's gay parents. And yeah. you know well, what? They had, um, it's they, not bad. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah. I'll say that. I've talked about the Fosters on the podcast before. I remember um, Ryan Murphy did a show called The New Normal that came yeah, out like one a little season bit after Glee. with Nene Leakes. Yeah, Ooh, and yes, it was about that. it was about two gay men who get a, a donor or a mm-hmm. have Andrew a Reynolds. Yeah. One was one of them. Yeah, I um, watch this. I love him. Yeah, so that talented man. Interesting, but I can't think of other films so i'll probably think of one later or at least one of other films where there's two parental characters i think um but yeah 
the kids are all right. 2010. Amazing cast. Annette Benning, Julianne Moore, Mark Ruffalo. Um, Alice in Wonderland. I don't know how to pronounce Mia's last name either. Yeah, but she was really like a big deal when this and this time. Well, I think this like movie the late two thousands to yeah. mid two thousands. She was like, I think this off. movie came out like right after Alice in Wonderland came out. So yeah, she was like huge. Yeah, and then of she course left acting. Josh Hutcherson was huge mm-hmm, at the pizza. time too. Also, yeah. Yaya. Pizza. Yes, um, yeah, from America's Next Top Model. America's, I literally oh, told Kayla that. Gorgeous. I was like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. she won America's Next Top Model. <laughs> wow. I'm a fan of, of America's Next Top Model. And to see yeah. her, she hasn't been in that much stuff since. Like, no, but she was like, I pretty good. I have mm-hmm. no control over this. Yeah. Thing, but I'm like, let's get Yaya back in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Also, I know. So she Zia was definitely in something from I Girls. Watched. The actress from Girls, who's her oh, yeah. uh, best friend. Uh, so, Zosha. Oh. Uh, Zosha, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Realize I've never said her name out loud. Yeah, before. this was before uh, girls, was so I didn't realize when because I also saw this in movie theaters, I think, and I did not realize that she was. I didn't know who she was when I first saw this. So, so it goes. I wonder what I also saw her in. I don't know. Okay. Um. And yeah, it's so it's um it's comedy drama. I would say more drama than comedy, but there are some funny moments. Um, and it follows uh, Nikki, Nick and Jules, who are uh, Annette Benning and Ju- Julianne Moore, who are uh, a, a married lesbian couple in Los Angeles. And they have uh, these two kids, um, Laser and Joni. And uh, Laser wants to meet their uh biological father who was the sperm donor for both of them um and Joni just turns 18 so she is able to contact him and so they meet their biological father um and he sort of causes this like interruption of the norm for the family um uh Jules and um Paul who's the who's the name of the biological father have an affair um and then it's sort of like the fallout from there um which is the basic plot um so what are initial thoughts on this movie uh, <laughs> i have a lot of them but i don't want to <laughs> yeah. i don't want <laughs> I, w- I want you to start anna since it's your pick yeah okay i think my overarching take is like Oh, I loved the first half of the movie before we get to the intense conflict with the affair. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was so sweet. And I loved seeing just like their home life. Like mm-hmm. it, it's clear that they like that Jules and Nick have been married for a long time. Yes, they have their like little annoyances and resentment. Like they felt like a very realistic long-term married couple, but it's, mm-hmm. they also have so much care and love for one another. and like. They're so sweet to their kid. Like, it just is such a sweet, like, family world mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I'm not a person who needs a lot of plot. So I'm like, I just want to, like, <laughs> swim in the world. Like, I could just Same. sort of hang Same. out with you guys at home all the time. But also, like, um, if it if it didn't have the affair element, I feel like there's still so much to explore with, like, the sperm donor entering the picture. Right. Especially, like, how that is for the like the moms that their kids were like 
we want to meet him. We want to sort of spend and not just meet him and like have one meeting and like, you know, ask medical questions or something. Right. Like they wanted to like be in his life and like talk to him and, and get to know him and stuff. And I feel like that is already so rich and how that could play out like between the parents, between the kids, like all of that. And I was like, we didn't need the affair. But then the yeah. affair like really stressed me out. I was just like, you're still doing that. Like, I thought, <laughs> I think watching it this time, I thought, oh, maybe they like kiss once or they like hook up. No, it's definitely more than you remember. Oh my God, it's a full (laughs) affair. And they're like clear minded and sober. It's the middle, you know, it's the middle of the day. And I'm just like, no, why are you doing this? Like my family, like don't, you know, I I felt very attached to the the family. And I was really sad um, that there was an affair. And I think there was just so much they could have done without that. But I also get that like, some people like a plot in a movie and they want <laughs> um, conflict and resolution and stuff like that. I think the affair, like you, I do agree that like the story is rich enough without it. However, it, they set, they set the tone pretty early in the beginning of the film that there are significant problems in Nick and Joel's marriage mm-hmm. and that the affair is kind of their way of resetting like mm-hmm. or to to me like the ending of like not to just like immediately talk about the ending in the first few minutes of this podcast but like cried that they ending. well it's like yeah. it's like a, it's a hopeful ending it's an yeah. ending where you're like oh i think they're going to make it and i think like the affair almost they didn't have to have it sucks that it happened with paul but it had it like it happened for a reason yeah. And it was for them to reset as a couple because they were so detached from each other and do have such significant problems yeah. in their marriage. Right. They would have continued on had the affair not happened, but maybe the affair is a rebirth in a way for them. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to discuss the affair more because I, I have a lot of thoughts on it. But first, I want to touch on something else that you said, Anna, about like the first half and the relationship and how much potential there is for this story of like bringing the the sperm donor in because that it's part of what makes this story specifically a queer story and like why it has to be a queer story like because mm-hmm. we're getting like the this is i i can't think of another film that like has this like specific plot of two children of queer parents who each mothered one of the children and then also bringing in this unknown third element of the sperm donor who's they don't even know what kind of person he is there's something um i noticed like on this watch of it is uh when um joni's on the phone with him and she's telling him like about her family and he's like two there's two mothers and she's like yeah, yeah, as in gay people. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just such I an, love lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh uh, cool, cool. I, I love lesbians. <laughs> it's, it, it, um, and that, that had to be part, especially because this was one of the first mainstream movies to actually focus on a, a, a same sex couple. I think it's very interesting that they went with the storyline because it's so, fresh and unique to that specific experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's is something that really entices you and pulls you in in the opening of the movie. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It was also interesting like re-watching it now as an adult, because I think when I first saw it, I was much closer in age to the kids. Right. Yep. And I related so much more to like, oh my gosh, what would that be like if, you know, this 
sort of biological parent entered the picture that I had never met. And now watching it as an adult, I related so much more to the parents. And also just like when, when the, when laser did anything dangerous, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I felt really protective. Oh, and I fucking hated his friend Clay. Oh, oh my God. God. The worst. Hey. And I was just like, no. Get out oh my God. That actually, I was going to say the same thing. I, we saw this when it came out. Um, more closer to the kids age at the time when it came out because we're 31 as well um and i remember like hating it and being like no i don't like just like not understanding it fully mm-hmm. now i'm so glad you chose this anna because kayla and i were talking about it we watched it this morning we would have never gone back to rewatch it because in our minds when we watched it what 13 years ago we were like no we don't like this but now we watched it with a whole new lens as as a as a married couple and as a couple that like wants to have children someday and is now closer to the parents age like i saw it with a whole new a whole new outlook kind of like in the past when we did the did like the movie Kissing Jessica Stein. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I watched it young, I didn't understand it. When I watched it now as a full-blown adult, I was like, oh my God, it's just because I wasn't I wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. I watched it before I, <laughs> I fully understood what it was to like be living that right now or to to be an adult. And watching it as a married couple, totally different experience. Love honestly loved the movie. Loved I'm, it. I'm curious. Oh, I'm so I'm glad. Um, I'm curious, Deb, was your reading of the affair different reading, like seeing it as an adult versus. Absolutely. Versus, yeah, absolutely. I think also like this, I I was telling Kayla this too. I'm trying to think how to say this eloquently. I feel like also because like similar to the Jessica Stein thing, it was like 13 years ago, sexuality was more black and white. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was like there's no gray area and if it, if it is a gray area you're just confused or like so it's it just like it was more problematic then to like like people we just didn't understand sexuality and understand like the, the fluidity of sexuality mm-hmm. and i feel like now i feel like almost it was like almost a little bit ahead of its time so i think when i watched it initially as like a 19 year old whatever i was bothered by the fact mostly by the fact that she had an affair with a man less than she had the affair at all now watching now i'm like no that is actually not my problem with it the problem is the affair itself Mm -hmm. but i think it's because we've just like grown as people people and as in understanding sexuality over the last 15 years and like understanding that it's not black and white and that I don't think it mattered if it, who it was mm-hmm. she was having an affair with. It was the problem was that she was having the affair. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that like, di- I don't think the fact that she like slept with like Paul diminished like her queerness either, or like, mm-hmm. or like her marriage to Nick, which as a 19 year old who doesn't understand this, that's, I wasn't seeing it that way, but now as a married 31 year old where, you know, we're just more knowledgeable as a community. I, yeah, it's, it, it was such a different, it was so different. It was such a different reaction that I had to it. It really didn't bother me as much. What yeah. bothered me, what bothered me was the affair itself was that like, she was just stepping out on her family. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, I think spiel. I heard a lot of oh, similar things take. from like people who identify as, like as lesbians of like, Oh, I didn't like the kids are right. Or like, Oh yeah. Like, because and I think two of the, maybe not the time that it came out, but I think more about like growing up this narrative that like you could be 
quote unquote, like turned or something, right? Of like, yeah. oh, just yes. like if you slept with a man, like, and then you're not gay anymore or something like you're that. And that, that idea right. was so present that mm-hmm. to see like, you know, a woman in a loving relationship with a woman then have sex with a man. I feel like there was this narrative that like, oh, that means she was never really gay to begin with, or that means she's now straight. Like you're just saying, Deb, like so black and white. I feel like that was such the narrative that was around. It makes sense Mm -hmm. that people thought that way. And I'm so glad to see, you know, like hear you say, Deb, that like, oh yeah, like seeing it as an adult, seeing it now in 2023, it's like, sexuality is fluid it may they also set it up in such a way it makes so much sense that she has an affair with paul in particular because so much of the tension between her and nick is like nick doesn't really take her seriously around her work or just like doesn't seem to respect her in certain ways Mm -hmm. and then um paul like takes her really seriously and is interested in her work and her ideas and is like and you can tell that she feels like excited and like alive around like getting that sort of like attention and respect and it makes sense that this is the person she has an affair with yeah i don't think it mattered that he was a man i don't i think it could have been anyone i think yeah. it was the yeah. fact that she was being like heard accepted and, and wanted yeah, and appreciated heard yeah. yeah exactly and that he just like maybe got her a little bit more than nick did yeah at the at the time at the time, at the time. Yeah. yeah yeah i th- i I feel very similarly to you deb i first saw this movie in theaters and in 2010, I was in my first year of college and um, I had just come out. So like, this was like a really interesting experience with me with this movie because like, I really didn't like it. I think because of the affair storyline and because um, it was like one of the first big mainstream release movies and i was like okay so yeah, we get this movie deal. best picture we this movie, yeah like, about oh, one of yes. the first big gay movies yeah. and then and then i'm like but it's about this this gay couple who is having marital issues and like the one cheats on her um and also my parents had gone through like a divorce i think like i was just bringing a lot of personal baggage into it mm. and also just like at the time, because I didn't feel like we had any other representation, I felt really like like we were getting the short end of the stick and and sort of like what what you were saying, Anna, about like people thinking people could be turned. I was like, oh, so this movie saying Julianne Moore wasn't really gay. She was just mm-hmm. like that type of thing um, I thought was similar. But in a rewatch, I can really appreciate for one, the first half of the movie a lot more, but also I can appreciate Julianne Moore's perspective a lot more because I think you do see that they are struggling and that like maybe this actually is kickstarting them working on better communication and better work for their relationship because like if she i'm not saying she should have the the affair but if she didn't have if something didn't happen then it might have kept getting worse and worse um and i think i think when i first saw it i could never forgive julianne moore's character i was like i think they should break up i don't think cheating can ever be forgiven that type of thing but seeing it again this time i could see um more nuance to it and the ending did i didn't remember the ending being so hopeful like i thought 
it was sort of like left into the air, left in the air, whether they had patched things up, but it is a lot more hopeful than I remembered. And I, I did enjoy it a lot more this go around. One thing I do wish that we had gotten was a little more um, nuance and like humanity to Annette Benning's character. I feel like you see a lot of the stern negative side of her and not a lot of the reason why Julianne Moore loves her and like that type of thing. And I feel like this, this would actually make like a really good mini series or like somewhere where you got to spend uh, because it has so many characters in the family, like a little bit more time with each of them would be really appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything you just said, totally agree with. I actually said that exact thing. Uh, what you said about Julianne Moore's character about Jules being about having for or like feeling forgiveness toward her because normally that is like no but i did i told kayla that after it ended i was like she actually is like like a forgivable it's forgivable to me like her character is forgivable and i and i think that's a testament to like the character of jules like knowing now watching it now as full-blown adults and you know been in relationships and feeling feeling really valid feelings mm-hmm. of like not feeling appreciated. So you look elsewhere. Like, I'm not saying that's like, Oh yeah, that's always forgivable because cheating is terrible and affairs are bad, but you can understand it a little bit more, mm-hmm. especially when you see like what their marriage is like in the beginning when it is, when it isn't doing so hot. Mm-hmm. So to me, like Jules is forgivable. And I do believe that she genuinely like knows what she did was wrong and that there were no feelings towards Paul. Like, this was truly just, like, like, I don't believe that she, like, secretly also was in love with him or anything. Right, and, yeah. Yeah, because he was saying, Jen- like, let's run loves- away together. Yeah, let's run away together. And she's like, are yeah. you crazy? Yeah. I love that she genuinely loves Nick. I'm gay. She yeah. wants to make it <laughs> yes, I do wish they showed more redeeming qualities of Nick because it is a lot of Annette Benning just being really harsh. on like everybody but there are small moments there's like there's pockets of them being loving towards each other being laughing together like i love the scene when they go over to paul's for dinner before everything hits the fan and they're in Mm -hmm. the garden and they have that intimate moment where you can tell where like nick shows jules a little bit of you know tenderness and a little Mm -hmm. bit of affection and how much it means to her and how like those moments are like, oh, that's why they're together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also they're so much more intimate than her moments with Paul, which is purely just like a sex. It's a physical thing. Yeah. And I mean, I I think they're like, I wish we had more like human moments from, from Nick, but I get why she was written that way because also had she been a little bit more likable, I feel like the, the affair would be even harder to watch, mm-hmm. but it, it was able to, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I thought I I found Nick to be like I liked Nick because the, I mean I mm-hmm. know that she was I just felt like there was so much pressure on her and you right. could tell that she put that on herself she put that yeah. on her partner on her kids right and you do get these moments where like oh god she you know she loves Jewel so much the bathtub scene where she like makes a bath for her mm-hmm. rubbing her feet yeah um you know like yeah the moment in the garden where Jewel shows her her work and she's like. I, I'm so proud of you. Like she really is yeah. like that excitement and that, that respect that I think Jules was really wanting. Um, and I also just think about like, you know, zooming out a little bit, like Annette Benning. you know, okay, this was 2010, but she was probably born in like the fifties or, or sixties, right? Like this is 
a lesbian woman who came up at a time without a lot of like acceptance. She became a, a doctor, right? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it makes sense that she feels that there's so much pressure to be, um, you know, like, like have her shit together, have her kids right. look, you know, like um, the Mia Wasikowski character talks about this at, when she gets drunk. She's like, you know, I got all the A's. I got into school. You proved your point that like, you know, lesbians can raise, you know, good, smart kids and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like th I thought that was a very real family moment of like yeah. these pressures yeah. that that Nick feels and her kids feeling them. Um, and kind of to Peyton's point before about like, this was even before, you know, marriage equality, marriage wasn't legal in, in many states and feeling mm, like, yeah. oh, we're having a representation of, you know, gay marriage. And it's one that's, you know, a flawed union where, you know, they get into fights. Yeah. One yeah. Sheets, right. <laughs> that like, there was so little of that, that it felt like, oh, we have to show, we have to prove that like, we can have good healthy unions mm -hmm. and also i feel like the movie does do that like they raise two yeah. like fucking awesome kids who i like love so much i, <laughs> I love like i love laser and he like gets into all this little you know stuff with his friends but like he has a moral compass and he kind of shuts it down like oh um, i'm so glad anyway, that scene where he saves that dog, on the dog. Yeah. no that was fucking terrible clay. oh i don't oh. like clay. yeah and mm -hmm. and joni is so sweet too they're like they're yeah. good kids they're they have, yeah, and they have, I love their dynamic as a family. Like, it's so obvious there's so much love there. Like, even the scenes, even, I like, I love the scene when they're, um, when Nick and Jules are watching TV and they try to make Laser hug them. It just feels <laughs> like a real slice of life stuff, you know, and they're like, mm -hmm. okay, come hug us. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the real good stuff. Yeah. Doing like they're all they're making bad decisions and they're making mistakes, but like at the heart of this film is a family that really loves each other. Yeah. Because even when the kids the kids love Paul, everybody loves Paul. And also, I will say, also totally see why Nick was threatened by that. Because mm -hmm. like, yeah, who who does want their sperm donor in their life? Like, it's does in the past, it does not. I could understand like the fear of it because it has gone awry for a lot of people, like in real life, mm -hmm. like a first sperm donor to come back and like, God forbid, want rights or something or, you know what I mean? But I feel like, what am I saying? I understand why Nick was threatened by Paul because mm -hmm. everybody also loved him. Yeah. Like he was kind of infiltrating the family, which also sucks so much when she finally accepts him and finally likes him, finds out about the affair. But I like, I understood Nick's like reasoning of like, it felt like he was taking over the family because it, he kind of was. Yeah. And I would you know feel it, by that too. Yeah. You know what it really reminded me of? Peyton, you mentioned that you have divorced parents. I also have divorced parents. This felt like a swap situation of step parents of like step parents is like the parents bring in this new person. They're like, Hey, this is a stranger. Who's now in your family. You have to deal with this. And I feel like Ooh. me in particular, I think a lot of kids are like, I don't fucking know this person. Like I don't, I don't particularly need a new member of the family. Yeah. This felt very similar of the kids being like, we want to know the sperm donor. We want a relationship with him. And the mom's mm -hmm. being like, what, why? Yeah. Like, are we not enough for you? Like right. that kind of, you know, which are, normal emotions to have it makes sense that they feel that way um but it really it really felt like a step parent narrative to me but just yeah. fascinating 
Damn. There's so there's so much to talk about with this. I it's so it's so rich with discussion topics. I love it. I like I just feel I never had I never had these feelings before when I watch it. I was like, man, didn't like it. Turn it off. <laughs> now I'm like, oh my god, there's so much I want to say. I there's so many. I understand everybody's everybody's angles. I understand why everybody makes every mistake they make. And but it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting watching something as an adult as opposed to when you were a teenager. Wow, what a difference yeah. it makes in your viewing experience. <laughs> the life experience that you gain in between that time. And it's, it's nuts. It actually makes me want to go back and like watch other movies that I may have not liked from that time or even understood because it, it, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I do like the, the way that, um, that Jules and Nick deal with like the hurt too. I feel like is, is pretty mature and in the you can tell in the scene where Jules like apologizes to her whole family you can see oh, like how much Nick loves her and like how much she appreciates the effort that she's making with her like it 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 feels like i mean it's a it's a movie so they have to tell the story in like such a short time it feels like there probably would have been a little more time of like staying in the anger and the hurt and the resentment. But I do like that we get to see sort of the beginning of forgiveness and sort of the reconciliation of it. And I love the, in the end when, <laughs> when lasers, like, I don't think you two should, I think you two should stay together. You're too old. To, mm-hmm. yeah. to other it's people. such a teenager thing. Yeah. To say. yeah. Yeah. And, and you can see like the love between Jules and Nick, like when they're looking at each other in the car, like, you you can tell they're they're gonna be okay. They're gonna like figure this out, and like that's how mm-hmm. strong their family is. I think yeah. for for me when I was st- like just out of teen being a teenager, I I was I I wasn't I couldn't read all of that into it. I saw like what the bad stuff was and was like was like this is this is awful. Like it's it's the end of like their relationship and things like that. But now like coming from a more mature perspective, I can see like the nuance and like the, how, how like their family unit really is stronger than it initially seems because they're able to move past this situation and, and this threat to their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, that scene where like the family sits down and Jules like apologizes to them. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was so, yeah, so sweet. And also I felt like, the moms had good like emotional vocabulary and I was like I can understand how they like made a marriage work for this long because they do talk to each other honestly about most things and like you know she apologized like in front of her kids for the affair which I feel like is a pretty rare thing for you know parents in that situation to do I feel like there's a lot of like it's talked about kind of obliquely but not really directly and and it does feel realistic that they stay together like so Mm -hmm. many couples stay together after there's been cheating there's been an affair but like I feel like the narrative you hear a lot is you know oh you know that that cheating bastard you know kicking to the curb sort of a thing and not like okay but like a lot of married people experience this and, and get past it and it makes sense that they did because Jules came to it from like a place of 
I, you know, not like, not that it was okay, but like kind of here's where it was coming from and like making a mess. Like it felt very heartfelt and like she was taking accountability. Yeah. Yeah. That scene gets me. That's a good monologue. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good monologue. Um, And I'm starting to say too, like how early about how the kids obviously love Paul, but they're so hurt by what happens Mm -hmm. about like that. Like they, they love their mom so much. And that that's nice to see too. in like a mainstream film like this two teenagers, especially like that age to like who care about their parents that much and who do have such a tight bond as a family unit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looks honestly, I was like, I can't, I can't wait to have a kid someday. (laughs) (laughs) Not so I can, not so one of us could have an affair with a sperm donor of said children. (laughs) Um, But like the positive, there's so many positives in this film. And like one of the positives is the, is the family dynamic and like the spotlight on like how beautiful this, this family is. And I, you're like, whatever, what we've all been saying is, there's just no other films with this subject matter. And actually, I don't even know if there's anything really been besides what you said, that like random Ryan Murphy show that has mm-hmm. come out even since this movie was made. And it's 13 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. L word generation Q is talking about relation. Like, remember when um, Angie Debentina's daughter, like, Oh, you're yeah, right. She, like dies before she can meet him. Like that was, <laughs> yeah. thing. but I think it's really normal that like kids want to like meet, a biological parent and just sort of like get like that I think is really common. I also liked how the movie, sorry, I'm like looking at my notes to see what no, I you're good. Go for it. Go for it. Um, one thing I wrote down is I'm sure these are not the only children from his sperm. Other people would pick this guy, right? Like that he was right. like, Oh wow. There's more than one child. Like, like there, you know, if you did this in California in the nineties, you probably have like 25 kids. Like if <laughs> yeah. there's no sort of like exclusivity contract or something, like these are not the only, you know, <laughs> offspring from his donation. Yeah. Right. And I thought You're it was really, really right. funny that they didn't, they didn't really talk about that. That is so um, interesting. Yeah. He puts so much relevance on these two kids, but he probably has a bunch yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The kids are all right, two, three, four, and five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why this kid? Why this sperm, as, as Elwood would say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. Oh, I also really liked the scene when, like, um, when, what, oh, Joni and Laser meet up with Paul for the first time. Yeah. Um, I like that Paul introduces himself on the phone with Joni as the donor and not the father, which I feel like other movies... Yes would notice do. that mm-hmm. um and i like that it's like realistically awkward when the three of them meet and and paul tries to be like overly familiar with this kid he's never met before and is calling him like lays and lasers like no dude it's it's laser Lazer. like i <laughs> yeah. like that there was that, that felt so like honest to me because it's gonna yeah. be yes. weird and that he's just like oh i'll just treat you as if you've kind of like been my kids all this time like you know that there's a there's a, a tension there um, I also, you know, a scene that my partner Corey brought up before we watched it. Cause I think similarly, they were like, yeah, I don't really have like great memories of it. And then we watched it, we talked about it and they really liked it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene where Nick is saying to Jules something about like, well, laser, if he just like applied himself and, uh, Jules was like, oh, are you saying, you know, like 
like mother, like son sort of a thing. And, mm-hmm. and this implication that like, because he's her biological child that like, you know, like the focus on, oh, this is my kid versus this is your kid. But actually yeah. in rewatch, it didn't feel like they were splitting things out that way. I think that mm-hmm. is something I kind of remembered from the first one and that's uh, the first watching. And maybe that was my lens at the time of like, this is, you know, her child, and this is her child. But it, it actually didn't feel that way. It felt like they were a family. And there Not were a lot of places where like, I felt like Laser and Nick acted so much more similarly. Like they both responded to Paul with similar yep. kind of skepticism and fuck this yeah. guy. And Jules and Joni were more like, oh, he seems so cool and charming. Like there were so many moments where, or Corey pointed this out too, where Nick wears like a t-shirt and a sweater vest. Um, and Corey's like, oh, I like that outfit. And then later, <laughs> Laser's wearing a similar thing. And it's like, yeah, because he like kind of models his style after his mom. Like there are these yeah. like sweet moments of like, there's, there is a family cohesion that I feel like maybe on first watching, I, or, or maybe even the way the m- movie was marketed of like that, that they each had one child and that that was, do you know what I mean? Like the, the I think, focus on yeah. like, the biological versus like this is their family and they don't think of it that way. I, I think didn't there get isn't... that just at all from this watch. I think yeah, there is an interesting, um, I did think about it a little bit, but I think it, there's an interesting discussion to have about like that the film maybe is, is trying to have about nature versus nurture a little bit too, mm-hmm. because like I can see where you can see like the similarities, like where, um, uh, uh, Joni and laser might get like some traits from one mother and some traits from the other. It does seem like, D- does the movie specify which child is which mother's? I didn't. Rem- I couldn't remember. Yeah, I think they do. Like the scene where that's what I took from the scene where um, Jules is like, "Oh, are you like?" Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That laser like isn't applying himself. Like you think yeah. I'm not applying myself to my career? Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I can see like if if the mothers like raise their children like by their standards you can see like where they might have made Joni feel like she had to be type a like sort of apply herself the sort of thing but then see she naturally is more of like maybe more of a free spirit like um uh like Jules is or I don't know I'm not being I'm not able to form a coherent thought right now but th- there is like something okay. about that yeah <laughs> what'd you say Devin's still early you're doing so great (laughs) truthfully um but i i also love the the way that you see their their influence on their kids like it it seems like the kids are like disobeying them or like acting up but like when it matters, you can see that their parenting has been good. Like, mm-hmm. like with laser protecting that dog or like with, um, I, I keep wanting to call her Mia, but, uh, Joe, when Joni is, um, advocating for herself and sort of, um, protecting her family from Paul, when she finds out about the affair, mm-hmm. um, you can see the influence that the, that, that Nick and Jules have had as parents. Another scene that I really loved um, that, that you do really see like 
why Nick and Jules love each other is when they talk about how they met and then the kids are like kind of mm. complaining about how they've heard the story so many times. And yeah. I just mm-hmm. think it's so cute and sweet and their their chemistry between the, the actresses is really good. Yeah. Love yeah. the punchline and uh, what'd she say? Like, then my tongue worked. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> like, goes, we yeah. like that one. We like that one. <laughs> and the kids are like so embarrassed and have heard yeah. that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually really liked how they approached uh laser too when they thought laser was, was gay. gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that how, we didn't how, even talk about the uh, when the moms watch the the gay man porn, and that's yeah. all, that's all I think. That's like my biggest memory from the movie from the Same. first time I watched it was just remembering <laughs> that the moms yeah. watched seventies like gay porn. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Also, I wrote down in my notes the sex scene between them, like. Oh, this is clothes on sex representation, which yeah. you don't get yeah, a lot yeah. of. She's just like wearing her big t-shirt <laughs> while Jules is going down on her. And they're just like, yeah. this is the lesbian sex scene. And this is realistic. It's like. But I, also, the, does she also have the vibrator going too? Like you can, maybe I'm yeah, misremembering I that. So. I can hear the vibrator going on. It's funny. And then the, the they accidentally hit the remote and it's too loud. Oh it's my so god, dresses yeah. me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, and that they're like they are like okay, maybe Laser's gay, and that like that they make space for him. And yeah, the mm-hmm. one thing Laser was like, "Did you think I was gay?" And they go, "No." And I was like, "That seems like why wouldn't they just be like?" Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Based on you watching porn with your friend, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's so fun. I and I love like near the end when she's like, "I wish you were gay, then you'd be more sensitive." <laughs> yeah, it's like the opposite of the family stone. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the family stone. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh that was that was also something um that I didn't really get when I first saw the movie was why they were watching uh gay male porn, but now that I'm older and I've actually seen what lesbian porn looks like, I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. I love that she Kayla was laughing at that, like how honest immediately yeah. Jules is with her 15-year-old son. It's like, well, in, in lesbian porn, it's not always authentic. And it's too, you know. It's true though. And also, like, why not be honest with your kids? Especially like when they're teenagers. I don't know. I feel like I might overshare. I kind of have a if this feeling that I might be that type of mom who might just be like, well, I kind of already do that with kids. Obviously, not of that subject matter. But Kayla, I always think I'm like bad with kids because I feel awkward around them. But I'm more specifically awkward with, with babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, but Kayla's like amazing with babies. And then she said she struggles with like kids' kids. And I was like, that's not true. And she was, I was like, I feel like I struggle. And she was like, no, you don't because you talk to them like they're your age. So like mm-hmm. kids... But, like, not toddler or baby age do generally like me. And I think it's because I don't, like, baby talk them. Like, no. I am just, like, I'll just, like, shoot the shit with a kid and be, like, what's good? What do you want? What's up? <laughs> How was your day? What do you, what'd you get into today? What are you into right now? Yeah. Uh, Paul. <laughs> Asked every person what they were into. And babies don't <laughs> generally respond to that, Deb? 
Um, I've tried, and uh, they usually just stare at me, and it pisses me off. <laughs> hey, man, like, what's up? What are you into? What's going on right yeah, now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Their parenting styles are so different, but they really work together, and it's, like, really apparent in some of the scenes where they're, where they're with both of the kids or with, like, one of the kids talking to them. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's, well... I was going to, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say they don't contradict each other, but they do in front of the kids, but they do do that a little bit. Yeah, they I do. Guess. They do. Yeah. We're just human. Yeah, I yeah. like that they felt like real flawed people and that they both got yeah. a chance to like, oh, but speaking of Nick being um, like the little moments where you feel like you kind of see her mm-hmm. um, when she like sings the Joni Mitchell song oh, at the yeah. table. It was so sweet and also yeah. like so hilarious. So long. Yeah. I was, she sings the whole thing. <laughs> she the whole thing. And I'm like so much going back to my teenage self being like mortified of my parent just being like, <laughs> I'm a freak, you know, like, it's gonna be me. <laughs> and the kids being like, oh my God, mom, you're just yeah. like fully singing this. I thought that was really sweet. I love that when you think it's over, she keeps going. She keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> also, it really like, makes me want to She's really feeling herself. She like closes her eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the movie made me want red wine and really like rare, rare steak. steak. Seriously. <laughs> love both. And it was making it look good. Yeah. <laughs> One other note I was looking at, just random things I noticed. Um, there were three different Bonnaroo shirts in this movie. So it's clear <laughs> that they went to Bonnaroo as a as a family oh Oh, as a family i noticed when Jules was wearing one but i didn't see other ones and um joni's also wearing one and then i think either someone wears it two different times but there were three different sightings where i was like oh i feel like they went to bonnaroo as a family and that's how they're signaling i love that they would go to bonnaroo we do fun shit with our kids (laughs) yeah (laughs) also there's a moment in um joni's room where there's an uh uh-huh her poster we notice that that is leisha haley's band from the so i'm like wow that's a gay easter egg right there Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it was right there i didn't notice it before rip band doesn't exist anymore I mean, I never got into him. I don't know. It was just because yeah, it was Lisa Haley. And, you I know. just love Lisa Haley. As I just love Lisa Haley. And, yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Gen Q. We'll see you another day. <laughs> Rest in peace, Lisa Haley. And I was like, what the? What happened? To him? <laughs> Gen Q. Yeah, sorry. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. No, to Gen Q. Oh. Um. It's the the relationship with um I don't know her name uh y- uh Yaya's character and Nick is so funny and especially with that like weird flirty gardener woman that's around <laughs> I want her role yeah. I want to get paid to do three scenes where I just walk in and like flirtatiously say what do you think of these cucumbers Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I love when he's <laughs> he gets off the phone with Julian or whoever he's on the phone with, and he's like, "No, yeah," <laughs> just walks yeah. away. That's really funny. Um, and the 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 care. Speaking of the characters being flawed, it's like 
So, and, oh, I just thought, never mind. Um, the the whole thing with Julianne Moore and the the guy that she's hired to help her, and then she's oh, <laughs> she's so awful to him. When I'm glad like, that oh she God, like. Yes. I know because we were <laughs> like, this is so fucked up, and then I'm glad that they're like pretty immediately after we like as an audience get the gratification that she knows what she did was yes. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> because it was like when she was like, no, that was not right. That was fucked up. It was like, yeah. okay, uh, glad you know it. Yeah. At least you're aware. Yeah. But then when Nikki perfect. brings it up, she's like, oh, he had a drug problem. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. And it's just that he knows she's having an affair and yeah. he feels ashamed and she's yeah. just like being awful to him. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like a very sweet guy character yeah 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 even when he realizes what she's doing and she comes out without her shoes on he's like he's like take your time like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'll just be out here working yeah and oh i thought it was really sweet um you know he was like no i just have allergies and she's like if you have allergies why are you a gardener and he's like because i love Love the flowers i love nature (laughs) yeah Yeah, I'm glad she recognizes how fucked up she was to him. Yeah, because that was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that was, a- yeah, that was uh, tough. <laughs> um, something we were discussing um, is they maybe I'm misremembering it, but the other film that we covered earlier uh, used the F slur and the R slur. I don't. I thought this movie used the R slur, but I might be misremembering. I don't remember it. it. Okay, but they definitely used the F slur. Clay, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Of friend. course, it was Clay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that it's a character that we're meant to dislike and uh, is dumb. Um, Am I allowed to swear on here? I'm sorry, I didn't. Ask oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, okay. of of fucking course you can. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I haven't even noticed. Yeah, I haven't even noticed if you have. Yeah, you have. Because your tone is so polite and sweet. I know, because you're so sweet. (laughs) Anna doesn't swear. Oh, this this person? No, you've never cursed a day in your life, have you, Anna? No. (laughs) Chef Anna doesn't ever curse. (laughs) Um... That that scene, one scene is really funny too with Nick and Laser where they're like filming uh Clay skateboard off top of the roof or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, why would he do this? Like, why would he stand by and let these kids like potentially hurt themselves? Yes. I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's like you you and that to me was kind of like Oh, he's not a parent. He's not he a parent. Just yeah, the guy who's like spending right. time with these teenagers yeah, because yeah. if he were in any capacity had a parental role, he'd be like, "Hey, maybe don't jump off the roof." On your <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, same with the motorcycle. Okay, right. that actually that would piss me off. What he said to Nick when he was like, "Maybe you should lay off the restrictions." Like, even if that's true, like, why the fuck would you ever say that to some to another parent when you are not one yourself and you just walked into this family's life like one week ago? Yeah, yeah. I feel like oh. they they really did a good job of casting Mark Ruffalo because if it was someone who was like not as charming as him, I feel yeah. like. We would totally. immediately be like, "Oh, this guy is trash." Like this, yeah. yeah. That's kind of the interest. Another interesting part of it is that he is pretty likable. Like he's a likable yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, who just like does city things and like yeah. doesn't know how to be a parent and know how to like 
yeah, and he he truly explodes a family and then tries to explode it even more after it all comes out. Be like, let's do this thing. Let's let's do this thing, Jules. This all happened for a reason. And then he's like, oh my god, fuck off. Yeah. She goes, I'm gay, and then hangs up the phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that is like an interesting part to like layer to it that he is a likable person, that he is charming, and it makes right. you understand like Jules's like initial attraction to him. Mm-hmm. On top of the thing that, on top of the fact, like the part where he is just like more accepting of her than mm-hmm. her wife is currently being towards her. Yeah. 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 I do love when you're talking about the motorcycle scene mm-hmm. and like when, I, I don't know if it was that scene or maybe later when Nick and Paul have this confrontation and then Nick goes, You're an interloper. And I was like, Yes, that's yeah. like, that sounds so, that's the perfect word for. Not only how she feels, but like, yeah, it's like somebody new coming into your family and being like, you know, I'm a part of this now. Like, it, I honestly, that is what having a step parent felt like for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, who the, and who are you? Like, <laughs> like an interlope. I felt like that was a. I mean, my stepmom and I are good now, Jen. If you're listening to this, <laughs> um, but you know, we had some rough years, and I feel like, um, yeah, the interloper when she when she tells him off, I was like, oh, that is the perfect. <laughs> zinger for this guy and because it's also like it's also like one he's not their legal guardian and like two they've like i would just feel like we've been here for years like we know what each other's like you just mm-hmm. got here like mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden you want to share your opinion opinion and what you think is the best you don't you don't know what's going on here mm-hmm. it, it's it is such a fun interesting dynamic i feel like that whole thing could have been the plot even without like the affair part of it. There could have mm-hmm. been like this sort of like maybe he he wanted to be more of a dad than he knew or some that type of thing. But it yeah. is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> any any other uh thoughts we well, have before well, we start uh, it? all right start wrapping so, up and the meeting let's send this and the yeah. meeting <laughs> let me uh turn the zoom off <laughs> yeah. I, i'm look i feel like i covered all the stuff that I was so excited and i didn't you know i did my homework being this being my first podcast was like, i got to make notes of all the stuff um I also just thought they were really funny like I thought there was so much I like laughed out loud out loud sometimes at this movie yeah oh we did too I I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny yeah and I do like and it also watching it now watching it again I was like oh I see why this was critically acclaimed like I see why it it was nominated for best The acting is really good yeah yeah Annette Bening and Mark Ruffalo were nominated I'm shocked Julianne Moore wasn't one because she's also great in it but two the Academy loves Julianne Moore yeah so I'm surprised that she was snubbed for it but um I wonder if acting across the board Annette and Julianne are so good and And the kids are really good too and amazingly beautiful. Right? You're right, Anna. Yeah. And amazingly beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I just yeah. needed to say that multiple times throughout watching this movie, I just turned to Corey and went, she is so beautiful about both of them. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, oh, they're. It's so true. And it's like, 
And Julianne Moore is like not wearing a lot of makeup in this movie, mm-hmm. but she's mm-hmm. just glowing and like yes. just so. Mm-hmm. I love beautiful. the outfit yeah. she's wearing when she comes in and Jules and Laser are playing ping pong in the backyard. She's wearing like a blazer with like this sweater vest underneath it and like she's wearing Converse. I was like, okay, that's how my lesbian doctor walked in the room. Yeah. <laughs> I'd faint. I can see why they've been married for 20 years. Yeah. Speaking of Nick being a doctor, this was the the first thing I wrote down while watching the movie is that Nick is a gynecologist, which mm-hmm. at first I was like, oh boy, why do they have to make the lesbian a gynecologist? Are we going to get some terrible <laughs> vagina jokes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, it was not like played for laughs. It was yeah. just sort of like, that one day when she comes home and she goes like, oh, took care of 27 fibroids today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this is what, that's what my family was like. Uh, just both my parents uh, like work in hospitals and she'll mm-hmm. just come home and just be like talking about, I le- learned what uh, anal prolapse was at a very young age. Oh, <laughs> fun. When your anus falls out. I didn't know that could happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, I love that. So I, I really liked that she was like a realistic, you know, doctor who just comes home and is like, you know, got those fibroids today. Right, right, right. <laughs> that reminds me. That reminds me of when Nick is uh is having a confrontation with uh with um Paul and she and she says, "I I need you like I need a dick in the ass." Oh, <laughs> that was a gotta laugh at that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very it. funny because she's not she's not that kind of gay but no funny. yeah she's that's why kind. that's why funny yeah she's all the kind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i also like uh i also uh like going back to the ending of um even though um oh my gosh i keep wanting to say mia uh Joni, yes. I keep wanting to call her the by her actual name. Um Joni is upset with her parents, like how she can't like she can't just like leave them without saying goodbye. It's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yes, that moment. Oh, I, I was like, this is such a good distillation of what it's like to be a teenager when she was like, give me my space. And then they did, and then she runs out and she's like, Where'd you guys go? Yeah. And I was like, that totally. made me cry. <laughs> oh, and the way that they hold her. And they both like yeah. weep. Oh. oh my god, I'm getting emotional now. Thank you. Yeah. It was so sweet. It is so sweet. <laughs> you all right, honey? <laughs> oh, it is so sweet. I'm sorry. God, what are we talking about it? Oh my god, sweet, sweet. And they send her off to college. I know. <laughs> that's the that's the scene. Are you I got already me. scared? Are you scared of that? <laughs> yeah, for my no. not even born children. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Corey were both like just truly bawling at the like sending her off to college. Oh Aww. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, devastating. That's gonna wreck me because <sighs> it wrecks every parent. Ugh, we're gonna be okay, Anna. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you're gonna be all right. Cry just thinking about a scene in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me too. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, Have you guys had any guests cry on the show before? Is this uh, the first? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) he would be the 
first. Uh, wow. I don't remember. Maybe. Good for you. Setting records. First time ever on a podcast, <laughs> Anna. Good for you, Curly. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm known for crying wherever I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. That just like shows it's that is such a testament to who you are in your heart. Yeah. And I'm just so glad people are going to know you, even though they're just going to know you as just Anna. (laughs) (laughs) The ambiguous just Anna. Just Anna. I have nothing to promote. I am not a public figure. (laughs) (laughs) But you're the best and you're so sweet. And I know, and I'm just so happy people get to get to hear your voice and mm, hear your thoughts. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you exactly. so much. It was a pleasure to share them. Yeah. Yeah. Could have said that better, but <laughs> well, here at Queer Movie Night, we like to rate on two different scales. Uh, one being the Vito Russo test, which is a media metric used to uh examine queer representation in uh media. Um uh, it follows three rules. One that the queer characters in the film can be identified as queer. Two, that the queer identifying characters have personality traits other than being queer. And three, that removing these characters from the plot would change it significantly. I would say that this film passes with flying colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our second uh, rating system is homegrown zero to six. What should we rate uh, this movie on today? Ooh. <sighs> I'm trying to think if there were any. I'm trying to think of not something negative. Like my first thought was drains. (laughs) And I'm like, no, that's bad. That's bad, Deb. No, Um, we can't do drains. Um, Kayla's giving me a look like, what is wrong with you? Oh, let's do Bonnery shirts. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of uh, storytelling being told with the the costuming in this movie. Yes, definitely. Like when when they're at the um, when they're at the like kind of Home Depot store and mm-hmm. Nick is wearing like a uh, like a denim shirt with the cut off frayed sleeves and yeah. sunglasses on top of the head and I was like she was the hottest lesbian in the 90s yeah absolutely <laughs> yes yeah. absolutely yeah uh, you know I, she was you know. she was <laughs> slinging ass everywhere she went <laughs> You know it. Slinging ass. Poon left and right. <laughs> I love when they're watching the porn too, and she's like, I don't like this one. They're they're too shaved or whatever she yeah. says. <laughs> she, she, oh wait, we have to rate it. Right, we're right. I'm I'm gonna give it, you know, I'm surprised that I liked this movie as much as I did because I used to hate it. But I'm gonna give it six Bonnaroo shirts. Whoa, I loved it. I mean, that's a perfect score. I, know. I, I, I really now that we have so much more queer film and stuff, I can really appreciate the the uniqueness and the importance of this movie, and also just the uniqueness of the story it's telling. Like, like we said before, like there really aren't many, um, especially queer surrogate parent stories so i think that's really great um and and the portrayal feels really truthful i mean that that's usually the case when it comes to queer people telling queer stories like this this comes from a queer filmmaker um and and it feels really authentic um 
it feels like a real ex a real queer experience to me and um mm-hmm. there weren't any stereotypes or problematic plot lines that i noticed yeah just just the gardener thing i think that was the yeah. one thing where was like oh Nope. Yeah, but that <laughs> yeah, was more yeah. of like her character being flawed and not yes, like yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. I'm going to join you, film. Peyton. I'm going to say six out of six Bonnaroo shirts because I love this movie, and I also yeah, like it feels very very nuanced and like it really had a point of view, and I just I really like fell in love with this family, and I it was so much better than I remembered it being. Like I yeah, remember like it when it came out, but it was like. I, and I really do think like just seeing it with a grown up perspective and like, yeah, not everything is so black and white. There's a lot of fluidity and, and a lot of like, yeah, we're all human. We all mess up. We all hurt each other's feelings and it's how we like, you know, work through it and, and come back together. And oh, I mm-hmm. loved it. I'm giving it six Bonnaroo shirts. <laughs> cool. I'm. You don't have no pressure, Deb. No pressure. There's, I'm going to give it a 5.5, almost perfect, five, five and a half <laughs> Bonnaroo shirts. Um, and it's, it's going to be, I, because uh, not to like get into it right in the very end of the, of the episode, but there, it's like, I'm fine. I understand it watching it. And like, I have no problems with like the direction of the affair, but this I'm thinking of the perspective from like, if my parents were to watch this movie, right. they would read it the way that you said initially in the beginning of the episode of like mm-hmm. people who don't understand sexuality and like the spectrum of it and and like understand that it's not black and white could watch this and be like, why doesn't she just get married to the guy then? Right. If she likes having sex with him. Yeah. You know what I mean, I feel like my parents would watch that and be like, oh, all Deb needs to do is have yeah. an affair with a sperm donor and then she'd be <laughs> then she'd be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um but that's just my, that's just like my own thing. It's like how I know that's just like specific to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But I loved it and it was great and it doesn't bother me. So that, the, 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 you want, you understand what you understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I respect the 5.5. And also I want to say just for like, um, I am somebody who rates anything I like. I'm just like five stars. I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, <laughs> you know, I'm on Goodreads and a bunch of my friends and they'll be like, yeah, three stars. I really, they'll write nice reviews. I really like this book, but three stars. I'm like, if I like the book, it's getting five stars from me. So I just, I'm a, I'm a very generous reader. In- <laughs> I love that. I tried Letterboxd for like a second because there's no reason why I shouldn't love Letterboxd because all I do is watch movies and am on Twitter all the time. So I've tried to make it a thing multiple times, but I realized every time I went on, I just rated everything five stars. I rated it all. The- and I was like, good movie. Great movie. Good movie. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't actually fun, really, because I'm just like pressing the same button on everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel that way, really, but like in, in the moment, I was like, why would I? Why would I do something different? The dif- doing something different, rating it something different, saying little blurbs about it is what makes the right. app, the social media app, fun. And I didn't understand that. <laughs> Maybe I'll try but another also time. Also keeping track of all the movies you watch. Which I yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. That's why I always keep going back to it. I've always, it's like I've deleted, not deleted, like deleted the app off my phone like mm-hmm. multiple times and then re-downloaded it and been like, but I do love keeping track of what I'm watching. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's my thought on Letterboxd. 
<laughs> well, thank you again so much for being here, yes, Anna. This thank is you, so Anna. fun to talk thank about you guys and for having me. hang out with I, you for I sure. Had such a great time. I'd love to come back if uh oh, you want to come back and watch Puccini for beginners. Yes, that'll be I wanted to do that because that's like really all about the sort of like early 2000s views of, of bisexuality and like the fluidity of I and I just like that would be a fun conversation. Oh, I will straight up buy wonderful. it. You know I will. We have you know I love my DVDs. I will buy it. <laughs> we will watch it. Sorry, my dog barking. He went, I love DVDs too. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Anna? I want to hang out with Anna and Corey. <laughs> when we used to watch Gen Q. Yeah. Remember when we used to watch Gen Q episodes? R.I.P. R.I.P. Alicia Haley. This is how we start a rumor that Alicia Haley has passed away. I feel so bad. (laughs) Well, thank you uh, to our listeners. You can follow us at Queer Movie Night on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. You can follow me at Peyton Cody Lynch on Instagram and Twitter and on Letterboxd. Ooh, and me, Deborah D-Bag, on Instagram, Deborah Duncan on Twitter, and I think Deborah Duncan on Letterboxd, but you all know where I'm at right now. I don't have a lot of followers. <laughs> There's not a lot going on on that app for me. But if you want to pitch me on why I should do it again, I have, um, many people have passionately pitched to me why I should stop giving up on or not stop giving <laughs> up on it, because I would love it if I just, like, fully gave myself over to it. So if you want to do that, uh, go ahead and <laughs> message me. <laughs> can't say for sure that i would listen to you but <laughs> you could try I love why am i making this all about letterboxd in the last five minutes it's so <laughs> random <laughs> <laughs> who cares um you can also uh, uh like and subscribe leave us a review uh if you want to hear more from me you can catch me on uh, franchise surprise which is also another arcade audio podcast and we will be back with a new episode in a couple weeks thank you guys so much thank you goodbye thank you for playing arcade audio Play more at arcadeaudio.net.